0: Hello and welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And on this episode, uh, I want to dive into a little bit of psychology. Uh, I've been doing some reading and thinking a lot about how um, certain aspects of psychology impact our performance. Um, I'll dive into the specific studies once we get rolling, Um, but I want to talk or what this is going to be based off of is thinking about how, uh, positive and negative feedback loops impact our behavior, our performance, the decisions we make as athletes, how we classify performance, uh, how we classify success and failure, or or rather how we think about those things. Um, and you know, I think so often as athletes, uh, and as individuals in general, we, we, um, we assume that performance is physical. Uh, and our ability to perform is based in the physical. Um, but as we know, and as we've explored in, uh, in great length uh, on this podcast, uh, it is it is uh, inexorably linked to uh, a number of different things, uh, uh, mental, emotional, um, psychological, uh, uh, outside of, of course, the physiological. Um, so I want to explore some of those things today, and I want to think about or I want to um, provide some... some Um, Some ideas around uh, how we can think about that uh, psychology and then how we can use the understanding of what's going on to uh, help set ourselves up for success, um, help us think about things sustainably. Uh, help us be athletes for the long term and um, as any of you know who have listened to this show that is my primary goal and my passion is to help individuals understand athleticism through the lens of uh, sustainability and becoming a a lifelong athlete so developing these tools um, that help us not only for this season but many many seasons to come and i think um hopefully understanding what's going on behind the scenes or external to the physiological um, is, a, is a huge piece of that. Um, so before we dive in, um, as always, thomasendurancecoaching.com uh, for anything uh, that we're talking about on the show. We have some great content on the blog right now, just released uh, a really cool piece on, uh, on imagery and visualization uh, from one of our coaches. Um, we've got some really cool stuff coming up uh, for the end of the year. So stay tuned um, for that. And uh, as always, you can reach out to us there. Um, if you have any questions, need to connect with one of our coaching team and enduranceminded.com. Uh, I say it every time and I can't thank you enough. Please keep uh, the comments coming, rate, subscribe, share, with a friend um that is uh, that what's that's what keeps us going uh and and let us know what's uh, what you're thinking what's on your mind how we can help um enduranceminded.com and then scroll to the bottom contact us send us a note let us know what's happening and uh if there's anything we can weigh in on and uh and help you get sorted out so uh again thanks for your support thanks for listening uh and uh please keep the support coming hey everyone so with the holidays around the corner uh, I want to let you guys know about a really killer offer from our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Um, so, whether your loved ones uh, run, ride bikes, hike, play sports, or just want to improve their overall wellness, Inside Tracker is the most personalized way to make sure their body stays in it for the long haul. So, you know, instead of gift cards, clothes, all the stuff that everybody expects and is impersonal. Uh, I say, why not give your loved ones uh, something that's super unique and helps them be uh, better, healthier, more fit individuals? So, this Black Friday, uh, Inside Tracker is offering $200 off their ultimate plan. So, that's a 32% discount. Uh, on the best plan uh, that Inside Tracker offers. It's the most comprehensive way to get personalized insight into your body's well-being. So no two people achieve optimal health the same way. Uh, It's based on age, your genes, nutrition, lifestyle. They all play a part. But no matter who you're shopping for, InsideTracker's Personalized Nutrition and Performance System provides the most detailed analysis of their biomarker data from blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness tracking. So InsideTracker gives them the power to live healthier, longer lives through concrete, personalized action plans consisting of proven, science-backed recommendations. Uh, this is the plan that I use. Uh, it is fantastic. There is so much uh, great data and insight uh, that the Ultimate Plan provides. So, if you're going to use Inside Tracker, this is the best opportunity uh, to get uh, to get the best package and the most uh, insight available. So, starting November 24th, head to InsideTracker.com and use the code MindedProGift. Today to save two hundred dollars on Inside Tracker's Ultimate Plan, you can also enjoy twenty five percent off site wide and give the gift of personalized health. Uh, so without further ado, let's uh, let's let's jump right in. So I want to set the stage a little bit. What got me thinking about uh, this particular topic that I'm going to dive into uh, is uh, is a great piece from uh, from Steve Magnus and uh, specifically uh, his uh, and Brad Stolberg's um, uh, ongoing content, uh, the growth equation. Uh, so I uh, I got this piece or or uh, came across this concept, but from thegrowthequation.com, they also have a fantastic podcast, um, both of their uh, books and all of their writing are, are phenomenal. I, I can't recommend uh, what they're doing enough. If you're interested in maximizing your, your potential, your performance, your mindset, uh, tap into what these guys are, do, are doing. Again, I got this uh, specific um, idea, and it got me moving in this direction from a piece that Steve wrote uh, on the growthequation.com. So that's thegrowtheq.com, um, just so you guys can go check that out. Um, and so specifically what Steve, uh, talks about, uh, in this piece is, uh, the identity negotiation theory. So this is a, um, this is documented in the, uh, American, uh, psychological association. Uh, you can go check out, uh, the, uh, specific scientific journal content around, uh, around this idea, but, Uh, This is a a fairly complex um, uh, construct, but if you'll bear with me, uh, we're going to use that uh, or use this psychological construct as a jumping off point to think about um, uh, how we view ourselves as athletes and how we uh, define success and failure. So uh, I want to paraphrase a scenario that Steve writes about in, uh, in his piece, uh, for the growth equation, and this is to help frame uh, how uh, how the identity negotiation theory works uh, and why this is going on inside of our uh, inside of our heads. So the story goes like this: It's um, uh, a young uh, girl goes to school. She has a, a, a budding interest in being a writer. So she she thinks that uh, writing might be something that interests her, and uh, and she might want to pursue that uh, down the road. So she gets a writing assignment, and uh, or the writing assignment is uh, assigned to her at school. She does the writing assignment, and she gets an A. She gets a great grade, and um, and that helps to. So what that does, it sets off a chain of command where that that writing. And the act of writing for that young girl um, immediately become more important. So it gives um, it gives validity to the act of writing. Um, it tells that little girl that, uh, or it shows that little girl that this is something that is valuable. It's something that's important. Uh, it's something that's worth my time, and it provides meaning to the act of doing that thing. So if she follows that trend, um, she'll get another writing assignment. Uh, because she's placed meaning on that uh, on that act and it's become important to her, she's going to do well again. Uh, she's, so the story goes that she gets another great grade. Uh, and slowly but surely, those experiences add up where she actually starts to see herself as a writer. Um, and she um, realizes that that is uh, a place that she should put her time because she gets... Uh, validation from that, and she's able to, to per, you know place meaning on that experience. Of course, the opposite to that scenario would be that uh, if she got a writing assignment, got an F or a, a poor grade or a failing grade, uh, and that continued to happen, the the opposite of this scenario would play out is that she would not be able to derive meaning from uh, from the act of writing and that uh, over time, uh, F after F after F, she would, of course, not see herself as a writer. Thus, her identity would shift. When she gets the good grade, she starts to identify as a writer. So one of her identities becomes that she is a writer. If she doesn't get that validation and she's not placing importance on the act of writing, then that is not one of her identities. She wouldn't define herself um, as a writer. So we can see two paths diverge with a fairly simple action. And it's that, did she get a good grade or did she not? And I know, you know, what you're thinking is, how does this relate to anything that has to do with endurance sports or my ability to, um, to, uh, to reach or pursue my full potential. And that's what I want to get into. So, so bear with me because what this got me thinking about is, Okay well, we see this happen all the time with athletes this happens uh, we've we've uh, if you think uh, critically about it it's it's probably happened to to you as an athlete or, or an individual working to to reach your full potential and certainly in my capacity as a coach um, and um, the work that I do in endurance sports, I see it play out time and time again and what it um, where it really plays itself out is that um just a handful of negative experiences can really derail the athletic identity or an individual's ability to continue to pursue that activity to its fullest extent or to their full potential. So that's that's where I want to kind of start to frame things is how do we how do we think about things in a way that sets us up for success? If we know that, um, if we have a series of good experiences or a series of bad experiences, the outcome can be wildly different. It can be the difference between us continuing to pursue um, our, uh, again, our full potential as athletes, whatever that might be, or completely giving it up. And that's the piece that that I see play out with athletes time and time again as they get frustrated um, and they quickly or in a relatively short period of time, diverge into no longer identifying as an athlete, and um, and that's the end of the story, right? They move on, something else takes the place of that athletic identity and that pursuit of athleticism, and, and off they go. So I want to use um, the identity negotiation theory, which is, again, this psychological uh, construct uh, to, to think Critically about how we can um, how we can continue to move forward when we know that things are not going to go as planned all the time. I mean, I think that's the real rub is that we're not success is not guaranteed, and then often we should expect that there will be any number of speed bumps and roadblocks and hiccups along the way. And it's in those critical moments if too many of those stack up, um, at any given time, we can um we can move in a different direction. Again, we can give up that athletic identity. and that, of course, you know, for me, is what we don't want to happen, right? We want to think about how we can leverage um, athleticism or the pursuit of our athletic goals to help us be better in all aspects of our lives. So, what does this mean for us as athletes, right? If we want to use this kind of construct, uh, how um how can we think about this in a way that gives us some tools to be to be better? So, um, I'm gonna lay out a few of the areas or several other areas that I thought about when I was thinking about how this applies to um to to us as athletes. So first and foremost, we want to set ourselves up for success. This is probably um, this might be where I see most people run into to issues. So, again let's let's maybe you know paint a picture here um, athlete comes to the table wants to um, has particular goals um, m- maybe they're super aggressive or not um, in relation to that athlete's ability um, and that uh, so then they they set out to to pursue those goals right so they set out with training uh, they get their gear set up they assemble a team around them that helps them uh they think is going to help them achieve those goals. And then um and then things don't go as planned. Right? So specifically what I'm what I'm referencing is that uh we we dive in too fast. We we come out of the gate swinging. We're excited, we're motivated, but we don't think about what's sustainable. Um or we maybe oversell ourselves a little bit and we we don't set ourselves up for success. And what that does is we end up, just like in the story um, that, I, uh, that I opened with, we start to get those failing grades, right? So maybe that's, uh, we're not able to nail down the consistency that we would hope for, right? We, we say that, yeah, I can, I can train six days a week, um, but really maybe it's three or four days a week. So we start missing workouts. Well, there's an F, right? Each workout is a failed grade. So again, doesn't take many of those to start to accumulate and that identity starts to shift. We say, okay, well, maybe if this is happening, maybe I'm not meant to be an athlete, right? Maybe maybe this isn't in the cards. Maybe I should do something else. Uh, Same thing with workout performance. Um, We say, you know, uh, I really, uh, I want to be here. Let's go as hard as we can. And maybe we're not just, maybe we're not hitting the performances that we would have hoped for. Maybe we need to start a little slower. But again, each one of those workouts that doesn't go as planned uh, is like that failed grade. So we we start to accumulate those experiences and paths diverge. So what we want to think about ahead of time and really always come back to is how do I set myself up for success? How do I set myself up so that I can get those A's, so that I can have those experiences that bolster my identity, that Give validation and and importance to the act of um, of training and preparing to reach my goals and and then it it gives that thing meaning. So if we continue, it's only human nature. if we continue to fail, that thing takes on less and less meaning. It's hard to to butt up against failure time and time again before the degradation of that thing altogether. Um, so, set ourselves up for success so that we can get those grades and and that just takes some self-reflection this can come in a variety of different ways again specifically how i've seen it play out is consistency we want to give it our all so we say yep i can definitely do six days a week is that realistic right maybe eventually we can get there but maybe we just start with three days a week and build Um, again performance or intensity specifically um yeah maybe we want to be able to hit a particular pace or power um down the road, but maybe we need to build to that. um uh, maybe we're not quite there yet uh and that's fine. Let's set ourselves up for success and let's make sure that we're uh, executing workouts in line with our current ability level um and the list could go on. these are very individualized things, but we don't want to lead with failing grades because that can be um. I've seen it play out, unfortunately, time and time again, where lead with failing grades, um, not meeting expectations, not setting ourselves up for success, athlete gives up, right? Oh, I guess this isn't, um, you know, I guess this isn't for me. I guess if it takes this many days, if I can't do these types of workouts, if I can't have fun while I'm doing it, then I guess I'll I'll go about my way and, or go about my business and do do something else. Probably not the case. We just need to think about what success uh, looks like for each individual. So that's the first one. Next is um, there's there's no hacks, right? so so we we are inundated with quick fixes and hacks and, and, you know, uh, 10 days to fitness and 21 day challenges. And, and the list goes on and on and it's diet and exercise and mental and emotional and everybody's trying to shortcut the process. There's no shortcuts. Um, what it is, is consistent, sustainable effort over time, um, and probably much longer periods of time than we care to, to admit. Um, but what we want to think about is that if we um if we know that there's no way to quote unquote hack our way to success, that's gonna help us lead with sustainability in mind um right? if we're thinking about how to set our, set ourselves up for that um uh for for that you know that a that good grade um this is where um Again, so often I see individuals with a, um, an inappropriate con- conceptualization of what it looks like to achieve success. And this is where this kind of hacky mentality uh, comes in, is where we want to understand what it actually takes to, uh, again, to do a couple things. One, be sustainable, think about our success long term, and understand that uh, that the timeline is uh, is substantial, um, no matter what our goals are. One of the areas that I see um, see this play out is when we <clears throat> identify what uh, what a win is. So so often uh, our quote unquote wins as athletes are very polarizing, right? Or they are very black and white. It is um, I. Uh, I absolutely nailed this workout, or or I didn't. I failed. Uh, I won this race, or I didn't. I failed. Um, and this is where, you know, we can think in a more nuanced way about this this idea that um, that everything has to go perfectly, and if we do it right for 90 days, that gets us to to our goals, right? Again, with this kind of hack mentality in mind. Let's think more uh let's try to diversify how we define those wins. So if we go into this process to say, you know, today this uh this workout didn't go as planned. Um but but what did go well? Right? So maybe maybe the workout was a failure. That's okay. We can call that out. But what did go well? Did I did I find some balance today? Did I have a hectic schedule and, it, and I was able to manage all the pieces and parts and be present uh, in those uh, different capacities throughout the day? Um, has my consistency been good? Yeah, you know, the workout didn't go like I wanted to, but did I show up, right? And did I commit to uh, X number of days a week? And I've seen that through. I've managed to nail down consistency. Um, maybe it's injury, right? Yeah, you know, damn, I got injured. That sucks, and it's really hard, but am I navigating it appropriately? Am I thinking long term? Am I working with a support team and to help me um, think about this injury in a way where on the other side of it, I'm a stronger and more capable athlete? So yeah, in that moment, maybe you're not executing in the way that you would want or expect, but how can we how can we open up that that um that classification or that definition uh, of a win. So, you know, I think if we can go into it knowing that there's no there's no hacks and that it's going to take a certain amount of work and commitment and consistency and skills that we need to develop along the way, that's going to allow us to one arrive at a place that is much more healthy. Um, and enjoyable, but also let us understand from the start that we're going to need to navigate uh, some hiccups and bumps in the road, and that it's not just black and white, right? We do it, uh, that's a win, or we don't, and I guess we failed, and we we move on, and we we don't get to pursue um, our goals as athletes. So um, another one is maybe we don't go uh, too deep with our athletic identity. So I I, I have talked at, at great length about athletic identity on, on the show. I think it's something that I continue to come back to. I guess the reason that I keep talking about it is that it's it's something that is so important and so nuanced. And I see I see so many people struggle to understand how that fits into their lives uh, in a way that is productive. So, one of the ways that, again, if we think about the identity negotiation theory, is that very similar to uh, to the writer. The a writer is not all that she is. All right? In order for her to continue to be. A successful writer, she's going to need to have um, a, a nuanced or varied identity. Uh, we talked about this on the last podcast with Coach Anna. Is that you're a lot of things. You're not just an athlete, or more specifically, you're not just your discipline. You're not just a runner, a swimmer, a triathlete, so on. Um, you're um, you're any number of things uh, related to your career, your family, your friends. Ah, uh, your associations with others, and so, um, don't go too deep into the athletic piece, right? When we go in, and this is the blessing and the curse of athletes is that we we love to put all our chips in one basket, right? We say, you know, I'm an athlete. This is what I care about, and I'm I, this is my whole world. I'm giving all my free time. I'm giving all my energy. I'm I'm building my friend group around this thing, um. And that's, that's amazing. That's what makes the community so vibrant, but it also is what allows us to teeter on the edge of, of complete implosion at any given time, because when the pieces don't add up to that 100% athletic identity, the, the, the building starts to fall, right? The pieces crumble. Um, so, you know, what do I mean when I say don't go too deep into the athletic identity? one of the things, one of the ways to do this would be to think about what role movement plays uh, in your life. Um, so it doesn't have to always look the same. One of the things that we tend to do as athletes is think um, again, back to this kind of black and white construct of of the um, you know, success and failure is or how we define winning is we have we tend to map out a pretty clear picture in our heads of what it's going to look like to be an athlete, what it's going to feel like to be an athlete, right? We're going to do certain types of training. We're going to follow a certain type of training plan. We're going to eat certain things. We're going to follow certain diets. We're going to go to a certain gym. The list goes on and on and on. Um, Maybe we back off of that a little bit and we understand that it's not... It's not necessarily the specific pieces. It's the overall dedication to that, to to that craft, to that skill, that is what we're chasing. That's the passion. Uh, it's not a, it's not a specific workout. So if we back off of that, or if we kind of open our lens, that really becomes movement, right? So if you're a runner, um, you know, are track workouts something that you imagine you're going to do consistently? And they're going to be hard, and they're going to look and feel a certain way, and they're going to be with a certain group of people, maybe. But maybe we don't—we're not able to do those workouts year-round. Maybe uh, for a variety of reasons, schedule. Maybe it doesn't uh, jive with an overall plan for progression. Um, so if we back up, we say, "Well, you know, movement is really what I'm passionate about—the the you know running or or just engaging in in activity." that allows me to keep a consistent focus on my athleticism is what, uh, is what I'm really focused on, not necessarily the specific training session. And that's, I think, understand that it doesn't always look and feel the same way. We can really struggle to, um, to, to, to oscillate through different types of movement, right? We've said, well, if I'm going to be a cyclist, this is what it looks like it can look like, you know, uh, any number of things. Uh, A cyclist could, you know, in the wintertime, maybe not ride very much at all and just strength train or shift their focus and run um, because we need some more modalities or we want to work on different things, or maybe we just want to take some time off the bike. And that that doesn't mean that you're not passionate and focused on being a cyclist. It means that, that, movement is the priority and that continual focus on on our athleticism is is the goal and um so so that athletic identity you can see if we think about things that way it's a little it's a little more pliable it's a little more flexible and when we need to switch things up or if we need to switch things up um we're not quite as tied to that strict adherence of um this is what it looks and feels like for me, right? That picture that we've painted um, in our heads. Another way that we can have some more flexibility with the with our identity would be that when we have a bad day as an athlete, can we identify an area that we were we excelled in another identity? right? so so, uh, I'll use a workout as an example again. If we showed up to a training session and our performance was not in alignment with our expectations, right? We didn't feel good. Uh, we didn't have the energy we hoped we'd have. Um, whatever the case may be, that's a that's a hit to our athletic identity, right? It says to us that's that failing grade. That says, well, maybe maybe I'm not the athlete I thought I was. Maybe I'm um, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. So instead of going to that place, if we have um, you know multiple identities that we're pulling from, can we look to another identity to see where we did win? So something like you know bad day at our sport, um, great day at work, right? You're an employee, employer, you're a leader, a manager, uh, you're a, you know whatever that definition is. Did you excel there? Uh, did you excel with family, friends? Did you show up for relationships? Uh, in your life, uh, whatever that is, look to identify where you shined in those areas. And again, it's not that it's not that we can't be bummed about the shitty workout, but it's that we we know that it's not all encompassing. Again, we're looking for some more uh, pliability and flexibility in how we identify. Um, that athletic identity piece, um, and then lastly is uh trying not to be defined by fitness, so that is, um, that's the benchmark by which we as athletes measure whether we are quote unquote good athletes or not, right? How fit are you, um, and I think there's um, there's a lot of ways to think about fitness, but what we need to understand is that fitness is a moving target, right? We as individuals gain and lose fitness um, in different ways at different times of year um, and based on life circumstances, mental, physical, emotional, Fitness is not as cut and dry as doing harder and or longer workouts and and moving the needle. That's part of it. When it's time to gain fitness, if it's the right time for us, um, then then great. Let's do hard workouts. Let's add more volume. Let's do the things that that um, that yield physiological adaptation. But the reason that I bring this up is because, Again, so often when we chase fitness, we find ourselves on the other end of that failing grade, right? So at any point in the year, if we are not, at a, from a fitness perspective, where we think we should be or where we would like to be, we then can get caught in a negative feedback loop to say, well, um, you know, I can really only do four days a week of training and keep my life balanced but it's not yielding the fitness that i want i guess i would need to do 6 days a week to get those fitness gains well if that's the case i guess i can't um i guess i'm not cut out for this i guess i can't be an athlete or i wasn't meant to be an athlete because it takes x to equal fitness right we could we could substitute x for any number of circumstances scenarios m- mental physical uh, aspects of of how we pursue our goals I think if we come back off the fitness thing a little bit, it helps free us up. And not that fitness isn't a good goal, but it's but it's not um it's not as cut and dry as we think it is, and it's also not something that continues to build forever and always. Right? This idea that as athletes, with every training session we get more fit is a fallacy. Um that's something that I think, you know, whether it's the kind of fitness industry or how we've decided to define the work that we do as athletes. I think there's any number of things that go into it, but fitness isn't a, you know, um, if it were a graph, it doesn't continue to go up and out. Um, it, it is constantly moving, um, based on other scenarios, input, um, from our life, from, you know, sleep, diet, stress, um again the list goes on. So know that it's a moving target. I think that's a good place to start. Is if we can just say, you know, I do want to be more fit, but but it it's gonna come over time and it and it there's gonna be peaks and valleys. You know, it's not that um I'm gonna be, you know, more fit this time next year than I am right now. Maybe or maybe not. It depends on uh it depends on what's going on. Um I think another good thing to understand is that, is that it has to ebb and flow. So I touched on this a second ago. is like this idea that we're always getting more fit. That's not how the body works. Uh, I think the first thing to understand, and if you look at, you know, scientific research, if you uh, look at the work that other, you know, impactful uh, coaches uh, and athletes are doing, this understanding that you have to you have to pull back to to go forward. Um, And there are times of the year where actually losing fitness is the goal um, so that we can provide um, a runway to build into when the time is right. We don't have um, unlimited resources and energy to pour into continuing to build fitness year round. That is not how it works. It's not how it's ever worked. Um, And I think the the sooner we can come off of that, the better. Um, It's going to free up a lot of mental energy just to know that everything has a season. Right, whether it is um, self-imposed, meaning, hey, you know, it's a transitional time of year. Um, we're going to back up here. We're going to focus on some other things, and we're gonna we're gonna allow fitness to dip a little bit. You know, specifically, maybe discipline-specific fitness, so that we can bolster other areas. You know, lean into some weaknesses, um, make some space in our schedules, so that we have some some more bandwidth when the time comes next year um, or next season. To do the things we need to do. Maybe it's not self-imposed. Maybe it's imposed on us. It's external stress that says, hey, now's not a good time, right? I, I'm I'm burning the candle at both ends at work. I got all this family stuff going on. Uh my kids, X, Y, and Z, whatever life throws at us, maybe we just have to pull back, right? It's not realistic to think that we can continue to build fitness when our bodies aren't in a in a place or mentally, emotionally, we're not in a place to to, to build that. So um, just knowing that it we can get back there, right? Fitness is always something we can achieve, but it's not something that we're constantly achieving. Um, and then I think lastly is that your your value as an athlete is not defined by fitness. So this is something that we, you know, we catch ourselves in a lot and Lord knows I'm guilty of it, even though I you know know that it's that it's a moving target and all these things I talked about is that you know we we compare ourselves to our peers for one they may be more fit than us and thus you know I'm not as much of an athlete or as good as of an athlete as this individual who appears to be more fit and that could just play out in terms of you know are they faster than me do they have more endurance did they get less tired you know are they handling the demands of a particular bout of exercise or training schedule better. Um, you know, knowing that that that's whether we are or aren't um, as fit as we'd like to be or as fit as you know where our goals are projected to put us, that doesn't mean that we are more or less valuable uh, as athletes. And certainly, the sum total of the effort is the same, right? If we have an individual that is doing, you know, six to seven days of focused training a week, and an individual that's doing you know three to four. I would argue that it takes as much energy for that individual to to integrate three to four consistent training sessions per week than it does for that individual who's doing six to seven days per week. It's just circumstance, right? It just means that that athlete who is doing more has more time, right? Maybe because they um, are, you know, have a more flexible job or less stress or, you know, whatever it is, the sum total of the effort is the same. Um and I think we have to come off of, you know, our athletic identity to say, well, you know, if this person does more, they are more of an athlete than I am, right? We we've we've stratified what it means to be an athlete based on fitness. An athlete is an athlete is an athlete. If you dedicate yourself to consistent movement, you are an athlete. Plain and simple. It doesn't matter if you're doing um, you know, 10 sessions a week and you're doing two a days some days or the best you can do is a handful of sessions a week. Um, that that degree of fitness is not where we, you know, derive our value from as athletes. We can certainly work to increase our fitness, but in that journey that that stratification is not, you know, there are not different levels of of athlete meaning there's not some people who are athletes and some people who aren't based on their um, their commitment or based on their, you know, consistency. If we're all getting up and giving 100% of what we have to give, um, that you're an athlete. And and then that just looks different for different people. So Again, not being defined by our fitness is going to allow us to get more of those good grades, right? When we are able to check ourselves against our peers, against, you know, content that we read, different metrics we see out there that make us think that we should or shouldn't be better or worse or, you know, however we, you know, classify that. Um, That's going to help us bolster that identity to say, you know what? Yeah, you know, I got some work to do on the fitness front, and that's a lifetime journey, but but I'm still I'm still an athlete. It's still worth showing up because I have more to give, right? Because it is a journey. Because I know that it has to ebb and flow and that, you know, it's a moving target. So that's an area where I think we can stand to do do a lot of work as athletes and also stand to gain a lot. If we just understand the the role that fitness plays in our pursuits, um, it's going to free up a lot of a lot of space. Um, so, again, um, hopefully, uh, thank you guys. First off, for for sticking with me through that, uh, I know that was uh, we got a little bit in uh, in the weeds there with the science, uh, but it's it's. It's where my mind went immediately when I started to think about when I read Steve's piece on uh, on identity negotiation theory and how and, and the story of this young girl uh becoming a writer or not becoming a writer and it's such a simple it's such it's such simple scenarios um and and that's what happens with us as athletes. It can be such simple things over the course of you know, a relatively short period of time. I've seen it play out in, you know, the course of a few weeks where if we get into this negative feedback loop, um, we, we can diverge, um, and, and give it up. Um, and I think there's so many individuals out there that could still be pursuing their athletic potential if we understood how to, um, how to and again, I'll recap how to set ourselves up for success um, that there's no there's no hacks, right? We can't shortcut the system, and the sooner we understand that, the better um, that we want to identify what a win is and know that that can be nuanced and that we can pull those wins from different from our different identities at any given time that we don't go too deep. Into that athletic identity, that we know that, you know, that we can zoom out and understand the role that athleticism and our athletic identity plays in our life, and that we don't have to be defined or we shouldn't be defined by fitness. Fitness is a goal, um, but it is a moving target and it's a very, very nuanced, um, you know, uh, construct that we. That we often chase as athletes when if we back ourselves into what is sustainable, how we can be athletes for the long term, um, how we can find more joy in our sport, how we define movement, what our passions are, fitness will come. Right. If we back ourselves into defining what keeps us in the sport for the long term, then the natural progression of that is going to equal fitness. Um, so we don't lead with fitness. Fitness is a byproduct of consistent effort. Um, so, thank you guys again. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed the chat. This is uh, this stuff is fascinating for me, um, and uh, I, I'm so happy that you guys uh, are along for the ride uh, and enjoying uh, the journey. As always, enduranceminded.com uh, for anything, uh, any feedback, any questions, thoughts. Please, um, please join in. Be a part of the community. Um, I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, rate, subscribe, share with your friends. Keep it coming. Uh, we've got some really great um, uh, really great ratings and reviews on the podcast recently. So thank you to all who've done it. If you haven't done it yet, uh, what are you waiting for? Jump on board. Uh, let us know what you think. Hopefully a uh, good review. Um, and uh, thank you guys. And I'll see you next time.